Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Previously on Silenced. We don't think this is something that Billy Alexander and, and Hitler Florinor cooked up. Where did this come from? If I'm guilty of those crimes that they're accusing me of, the CIA is also guilty. I would hope the last of these journalists would have started a rage, but apparently it didn't. We're back in Miami, me, Anna, and our producer, Margaret. Isn't that the, the club where Thermitus was supposed to have his concert? What was kind of crazy for me is this story it sometimes feels so far in the past, like 30 years ago, a different time. And then all of a sudden you're driving past the, the club, which was like at the center of this conflict. We're here trying to get final answers to all of our questions about why these crimes were never solved. Driving around the city, we listen to the Creole radio stations where Jean-Claude, Fritz, Donna and Daniel once broadcast. The same stations where their friends Marlene and Tony are still on the air. <laughs> and as we drive from interview to interview, we keep encountering ghosts. This was where Louis Thermitus organized a concert with a Haitian singer called Fedia Lagarde. The clubs, the restaurants, all the old hangouts we'd heard about in our reporting. He said 2,000 people were supposed to show up. It looks like a small building, actually. We drive along the main thoroughfare of Little Haiti, Northeast 2nd Avenue. We pass Haitian restaurants, the Haitian Cultural Center, and one place that we'd heard a lot about, between two boarded-up storefronts, a grocery store and a botanica. It says, keep you safe driver, and then underneath you can see it's like faded, but it says notary. The Dixie Express Driving School that belonged to Donna St. Pleat and where Fritz helped fellow refugees with their immigration papers. We come here briefly with Tony. This facade here was the same facade that was around when they were alive. 
It's in a low, one-storey row of shops on a busy intersection. There's still a hand-painted sign advertising driving lessons, but the building has long been empty. It was here, in the parking lot behind the driving school, that Fritz was shot dead. Fritz store went out to his car around the corner. He was opening the trunk, and um, that's when they shot him. Being here in the parking lot, I thought about a moment I found in the court documents when Fritz's grandmother is giving a deposition. She describes begging her grandson not to be so outspoken about his politics. But he was committed. And then, after he died, he came to her in a dream and told her to be strong. Those moments in the documents are some of the only memorials left to the broadcasters who died. At the driving school, there's no plaque or acknowledgement on the building about Fritz and Donna's activism or their murders. They didn't own the property, so now it has been, uh, it's all padded with a lock and uh, garbage all over, um, and it's about to be torn down. It's like, you know, this is where somebody's, where somebody's dream died. Yeah, because someone decided that it was time to shut them down. After we visited, we learned that the Dixie Express Driving School building was actually sold to a real estate developer for one and a half million dollars. It's only so long before it will be torn down and permanently erased. Father Jean-Just's Veilleau Center is now a vape shop. The world of Veilleau and Fritz Door is disappearing. But the Haitian community is still here. The Notre Dame de Haiti, the church where Father Jean-Just used to worship, is still central to the Haitian community and very much thriving. It's like the living room of the Haitian community in the diaspora. We visited Father Reginald, who was mentored by Father Jean-Just. He tried to espouse the causes of people, uh, to, to listen to the cries of the poor, the suffering, the marginalized. Father Reginald told us the damage to the community by the murders was palpable, even though they took place 30 years ago. If he died, he deserved justice. Probably his family is still suffering, not knowing exactly the cause of his death, who killed him. It is evident that they carry that wounds in the soul, in their hearts. And if we can shed light on it, you know, that could be a healing process for the community. Fritz, Jean-Claude, Donna and Daniel were local heroes. After all we'd learned, we had to find out, is there still time to bring those responsible for their deaths to justice? May the, the Spirit of the Lord guide you. Because we believe in His providence, God provides, and He will help you. I have to remember my Catholic school. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God bless you. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah. From Kaleidoscope and iHeart Podcasts, this is Silenced. I'm Oz Veloshin. And I'm Anna Arana. This is episode six, Federal Hook.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Anna, our first phone call about revisiting this story together was more than two years ago. And since then, I can't count how many hours we spend on the phone together talking about these cases. Yeah, and I can't forget our first trip when I had to witness your driving skills. Since then, we've tracked down hundreds of pages of documents, spoken to dozens of people. But there were some people who did not want to talk to us, and we couldn't track them down. Members of the victims' families, people close to the accused trigger men, and many more. But then, on our last trip to Miami it started to feel like all of the pieces were clicking into place. We finally understood the divisions in the community and how those divisions became motives for violence. We had traced the police investigation back in the 90s and found that the only people who served any time for the four murders were kids who had been hired to do someone else's dirty work. Right, we're talking about Billy Alexander and Hitler Florinord who went to jail for the murders of Jean-Claude and Fritz. We'd continuously been running up against the ceiling that there is something above Alexander and we couldn't get there. That's David Honig, a lawyer for Hitler Florinord, who confessed to driving the getaway car. As part of Hitler's defense, Honig tried to find evidence 
of who might have hired the young men. And he had one major lead. Hitler testified at his deposition that they'd picked up a payment at the record store owned by Louis Thermitus. It's important to note that Hitler didn't see who gave the money to Billy. He just knew that Billy went in and came back with money in an envelope. And the police never charged Thermitus in relation to any of these crimes. But for Honig... There was a sense that if we could just get to what Mr. Thermidus knew or did or was involved in or the people around him, that might be the key that unlocked the door that led us into the room where the information was. That never happened. Honig was never able to find solid evidence that Thermidus knew anything. Honig ran into the same dead ends that the Miami PD did back in the 90s. And I think it was because the four murders were mostly investigated separately. Right, it's so strange to me, given the similarities between these killings, that it appears the Miami PD never seriously investigated these crimes as a conspiracy. Yes, and that's why when I finished my report for the Committee to Protect Journalists, I recommended a federal investigation. It was clear to me that someone else needed to look at the case with a wider lens, and the feds would have had the resources to do that. We know that the FBI was initially included in the task force, but it seems that they soon dropped out, and none of the FBI agents who were involved wanted to speak with us. We did submit a Freedom of Information request, and the Bureau acknowledged they had a file on Fritz Door, but they refused to release it to us, which is pretty unusual. And it leaves an open question. Why? Why didn't a federal investigation happen? Exactly. So as we wrapped up our reporting, my focus was to find out what happened to stop investigators from charging anyone above Hitler and Billy back in the 1990s and why the feds never stepped in. That decision rested with the state attorneys in Dade County, John Kastranakis and Reed Rubin. So we drove to the West Palm Beach courthouse, over an hour north of Miami, to meet John Kastranakis, who'd since become a judge. We're, we're about to go in and interview the person who I think is one of the most important persons uh, in the government who looked at the case. And I think we're both kind of excited but also nervous because if anyone knows what the decisions were about going for higher-ups and prosecutions and stuff, it's, it's John Kastronakis. We passed through metal detectors and took an elevator to one of the top floors overlooking Palm Beach Island. We waited nervously outside the courtroom. Then the bailiff let us in and we literally stood in the dock with Judge Kastronakis behind the dais pleading our case for an interview. Did you, I mean, I'm not going to be much help. I mean, I could read through this. I pulled it up here just now. I can't the judge told us he didn't remember much about the case. So we showed him some documents from the trial, specifically hundreds of pages of deposition that he'd been involved in. And details of the case started to come back to him. That depo gets particularly interesting around page 77. Oh my gosh. Glossy Bruce Joseph. Right. That's the whole idea. If... if 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 you're a prosecutor on a case, you want to get to the people that have hired the shooters. So um, I think that that was the pitch made to Billy Alexander that we wanted to know who had hired him to do these murders. And he never 
ended up discussing that. And it was the theory of the police was that it was this Louis Thermitis guy. Ultimately, he said his office did not pursue charges against Thermitis because they weren't confident they'd get a conviction. If you have a theory, that's not probable cause. You have to have evidence. You've got to have proof. You've got to have witnesses. But according to Kastronakis, many potential witnesses did not come forward. But you always have to remember that who are the witnesses? Who are the people that are going to come forward? Do they have an inherent distrust of the government? Do they have an inherent distrust of law enforcement? Are they fearful if they cooperate, something's going to happen to them? Many Haitians in Miami could say yes to all. We heard about fears that family members of witnesses to in Haiti could be murdered in retribution. In fact, one of the cops on the Miami task force, Yves Fanor, was later murdered on a trip to Haiti. One of his colleagues told us that he was found with his police ID stuffed in his mouth. Many knew from that instance and many others that it was dangerous to stick your neck out. So because of that experience and that's a murder that happens in that community, you're not going to have witnesses come forward. And you would need something like, you would have to have, hypothetically, um, Billy Alexander cooperate, somebody that knew from speaking to the record store owner that he had put out a contract on the life of uh, Fritz Dorr or, you know, Oliver. Kastronak has told us that they didn't go higher, likely for lack of evidence, lack of witnesses willing to come forward. But he also told us he wouldn't be surprised if the nexus of cocaine and corruption that had engulfed Haiti and Miami was ultimately to blame for the murders of Jean-Claude, Fritz, Donna and Daniel. So what do you make of that explanation, Anna? The judge seems sincere and his response seemed to validate our reporting. But it was frustrating to hear it from the man who could have pushed this case further. So Kastronakis told us why his office never charged anyone about Billy. But we were still left with the question of why there was never a federal investigation. If a prosecutor at the time had accepted that these crimes may have been intended to silence the victims, to trample on their First Amendment civil rights, that would have unlocked federal resources. I laid this out to Kastronakis. So the theory being they're exercising their civil rights by exercising their First Amendment right to speak freely on topics. And because they were doing that, they were killed. So that's your federal hook. See, you've identified it for me. You said, okay, it's a civil rights case with death resulting. Civil rights, death resulting. So, yes, that's a good hook. You know, if someone dies as a result of a civil rights violation, you can prosecute them for murder. You have jurisdiction to do that federally. Do you think Louis Thermitus could still be, like, brought into this case? Oh, I don't know. Well, there's no statute of limitations on murder. So... There was still a possibility that the feds could take up a case and finally consider the evidence from all four murders together. I had said this was a First Amendment case 30 years ago in my report for the CPJ. But Kastronakis made us feel like there was still ammunition to make another push towards justice now. Before we finish our interview, Kastronakis gave us one more name. Gary Kaufman, 
He's retired DEA agent. Great guy. He said Kaufman could tell us more about Louis Thermitus. And he would have known Thermitus really well. He would have been able to provide you a lot of information on him. That's after the break. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. I, no, I think your story is dead on. I mean, that's why I agreed to do the interview. That's Gary Kaufman, the retired DEA agent. We spoke to him on Zoom from his home in central Florida. And it was in August, so it was hot. Gary has a fan on in the background. I knew that your original interest was the, the homicide of the, the journalists. And, um, you know, I mean, these guys got killed for free speech. Kill one, you know, intimidate a thousand. We'd been trying to reach Gary for over a year before he agreed to talk. And when he finally did agree, it was clear that he'd done his homework. He even got a report on us from Judge Kastronakis. Due diligence, after all, is Gary's forte. He was a senior official in the DEA for 22 years, both in Miami and as country attaché in Port-au-Prince. Gary remembers the radio murders well, but there were limits to how much he could tell us. I should point out, so that I don't get in trouble with my former colleagues, that all of the things we discuss here today are in the public record. So none of the commentary that I offer today is based on DEA-sensitive information. Within the limits of Gary's ongoing confidentiality obligations, we wanted to ask him about Louis Thermitus. Was this the first time you'd heard the name Louis Thermitus when we sent you the email? No. No, I'm very familiar with the name. You knew him? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I knew of him because of my association with these other investigators. 
The other thing we learned about Mr. Thermitus is that he, he had a music promotion business, but also a shipping business. Yeah, anybody who told me that they were an exporter or a record promoter uh, back in the day when I was working cases, it would certainly raise my eyebrow. Remember, Louis Thermitus told police at the time he had nothing to do with the murders. He said emphatically that he was not pro-military or a tonton Makut. In his police interview, which he gave voluntarily, he said he was in New York at the time of Jean-Claude Olivier's murder. But Gary told us that Thermitus was well known to law enforcement at the time. And police told us they suspected he was a middleman, a distributor of drugs. The Miami PD did look for evidence against him, but a series of mistakes appears to have undermined any possibility of building a case. We found records of these mistakes in the court documents. One failed operation sticks out, an attempt to get Thermitus to incriminate himself on a wire. This case was always the biggest nightmare in my life. This is from Marjorie Moise's deposition. We got an actor to read her words. She was the informant the police wired up for the operation. In her deposition, Marjorie says she knew Thermitus. One of his associates was her drug supplier. She also dated Billy Alexander, the trigger man in both Jean-Claude and Fritz's killings. In her deposition, Marjorie describes being coerced by a police officer. One day, I went early to take my daughter to school. He picked me. He took me to the police department all day. I had to call someone to pick up my daughter from school. He telling me I'm going to go to jail for 40 years. My daughter going to HRS. That's the Department of Health and Rehabilitative Services. Foster care. Then he told me, you will never see your daughter no more. Do you want to go through this again? And I said no. So I had to agree. Marjorie knew the potential consequences of snitching. But she says she did what the police demanded. She put on a wire and tried to talk to Lewis about the murders. They sent me to and told me what to say. Marjorie testifies that almost immediately, Lewis figured out what was going on. The man see the wire thing? He was furious and quickly disappeared into the back of the shop. He went back in the back to get his gun to kill me. Marjorie describes running out of the store in a panic. In the days after, she says she started noticing Lewis following her in his car. Terrified, she went to the police. She says they paid her $1,000 in cash to find a new place to live. And that was that. The police had a very different version of the story saying that Marjorie was not coerced and that everything she did was to try to protect her boyfriend Billy's interests. Either way, Gary criticised the police wire for being far too obvious. Could Marjorie somehow have tipped off Thermitus that they were being recorded? Yeah, I certainly wouldn't have done that. I mean, I, I, I don't want to second-guess them because maybe that's all they had available at the time. After that failed operation, in the midst of the investigation, Thermitus disappeared to Haiti. Mistakes happen. I would venture to guess that he heard footsteps. You know, he heard law enforcement maybe closing in on him. But I would, I would speculate that it's because somebody's cousin at a birthday party heard something, loose lips, and somehow it got back to him. And the discreet thing to do is bail. Go back to Haiti where they can't touch you. You know? That's my, that's my speculation. According to our sources, it wasn't unusual for Haitians accused of crimes in the US to go back to Haiti to avoid arrest. 
We don't know if that was the reason that Thermitus left. Gary was explicit that he did not have any evidence to link Thermitus to these murders. But he did tell us that he had a clear profile of the person who paid for the hits. I don't doubt for a second that those murders were, you know, ordered by people in the drug trade um, or peripherally profiting from it. Um, I just don't have any specific evidence. If I did, I'd be the first to tell you. Again, the problem of evidence. And with this story, facts were always much harder to come by than rumours. One of the biggest rumours that kept reappearing was that someone in the military had ordered the Veo killings from Haiti. It was a tantalising thread. The implications of an international, extrajudicial killing on US soil were huge. But Kaufman had his doubts. Nobody would have to order the execution of someone who was a political adversary. Hypothetically speaking, it could be done just because the doer knows in advance that you know, he's going to derive political and economic capital uh, for having done it, you know, and throw two local kids under the bus for pulling the trigger, you know. It would be nice and neat and easy if you could work this like a La Cosa Nostra case where, you know, the, the godfather said, you know, Leo's got to die, you know. But that's not how it works in real life in, in these communities. Gary doesn't buy that this was an international conspiracy. He says the most likely reason the intellectual authors were never arrested is because of something less mysterious. The police made errors at important points during the investigation and allowed a person of interest to leave the country. I still have my questions about whether there was some other pressure, perhaps coming from US intelligence, that meant the intellectual authors were never prosecuted. But those are questions we're unlikely to get answers to. Kastronakis had told us there is no statute of limitations on murder, meaning it wasn't too late to get justice for the radio murders. I wanted to ask Gary if we might be able to get someone from Miami law enforcement interested in pursuing the case today. You know, the problem is all the people like myself and Kastronakis from that time frame who would, who would have an enthusiastic interest in it are either too old to fight or, or dead and gone. The city of Miami homicide some of the best in the country, but how do you get them interested in a, help me with the math, 30-year-old crime? At this point, we've tried almost everything. We've talked to police, prosecutors, community members, DEA agents. We've taken our investigation about as far as it can go. But we do see a potential path for justice, the First Amendment path. Kastronakis said it's possible but that's a path for lawyers. And it's about time for us to turn over the reins. So I reach back to one organization that I know has the clout to bring this case back to the attention of the courts, the Committee to Protect Journalists. The goal of our original report was to encourage a more thorough investigation, but that didn't happen. And that meant the wider world stopped paying attention and the wheels of justice stopped turning. This time around, I wonder if the CPJ would pursue a legal remedy. They immediately agreed to help us investigate whether a federal case was possible today. I call us after my first conversation with them. All the stuff that we cover in our, in our story, 
I think in the name of justice for those people, it deserves another crack at it by someone. How incredible if, if, I mean, you know, you were joking around with me about not doing another conspiracy podcast, but how incredible if we managed to actually reopen these cases and, and potentially get justice. I mean, that's the work of journalism, I guess. And I, you know, I mean, I know we're very proud of this almost two-year effort that I thought was going to be done in a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, thought every week a year. we have so much work to do. <laughs> but there's just one more thing to do. One last stone that we haven't turned over yet. We have to go talk to Louis Thermitus himself. Because while we were reporting, we found out that he's living back in Miami. And Anna... The idea of going to knock on his door was frankly a little scary to me, even though he's now in his 70s. Yes, I was scared too. But it was something we had to do. (laughs) I'm fine with taking risks, so long as they're calculated. So I suggested we bring a security professional with us. And that's easy in Miami. Many of the private security firms that operate throughout Latin America are based here. Carlos provides security for journalists and NGOs and has worked extensively in Haiti. Do you have a military background? Uh, you're recording this. <laughs> I'm a contractor. I'm a contractor. I, I work for uh, one of the one of the government agencies. We picked up Carlos at his home and drove to the address we'd found for Thermitus. We talked about how to approach the conversation if we actually met Thermitus. Um, the name of the guy that went to jail, who was the shooter in the case, and say, we spoke with, we, we, we're here to talk to you about this guy rather than the victims. Right, that's good. Would that work? Oh, yeah, uh, that, that, that's a good approach. Uh, we pull up to a white, single-story home with a terracotta roof in Miami Gardens. We knock on the front door. Well, hmm? we're standing here waiting in front of the house, knocking on the door. It seems like no one's home. There are bars on the windows, and the front pane has a hole in it that looks like it could be from a bullet. The small pool around the back is empty, and on the front lawn is a grey head of Toussaint Louverture, the Haitian general who led the slave revolt. It's been separated from the rest of the statue, We began to think Thermitus may be in Haiti after all, but then a neighbor pulled up and we asked if Thermitus still lived here. The neighbor told us he did. So we loaded back into the car and parked in a parking lot across the street, but within view of the house, and we waited. And just as we were about to give up and leave, a shiny Hummer pulled into the driveway. We immediately pulled out of the parking lot and raced back to the front of Thermitus's house We got out of the car, and he waited in his. Minutes went by. Then, finally, he emerged. Bald, tall, and skinny. A little stooped, but looking younger than his 70 years. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Can we we come in? We're journalists. We were standing on Thermotus's lawn as he walked from his car to his house. He was wide-eyed, seeing a bunch of strangers ambushing him with questions. But he paused to hear what we had to say. Uh, We wanted to see if we could uh, talk about uh, Billy Alexander. 
Four billion. He's a man who was a friend of yours a few years ago? Me? Yeah. Never, I never, I never heard the name. No? What's my name? Louis Thermitus? Uh-huh. Who's Billy Alexander? Billy Alexander was a friend of yours from Little Haiti. No, I don't know. 30 years ago or? 32 years ago. No. No? No. That's a long time, probably. No, no, I never have friends I don't know. You used to own a record store in Little yeah. Haiti. Yeah, I don't tell me. You don't do that anymore? No. Well, so you don't remember anything? You don't recall anything at all? No, no, I don't have, no, I never have a friend like that. What about Jean-Claude Olivier? He was like a music promoter? No. As we were asking these questions, Thermitus continued walking to his front door. He evidently had no intention whatsoever of engaging with us. What about Fritz Storr? No. No? Okay. All right. right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And within the blink of an eye, he was inside his home and we were standing outside. We got back into our car. We went through all the names. He said, no, no, no. He said, denying everybody. He looked a little shocked. I don't think he was shocked. No. No, I think I think he it's when when you have something like this in your back and your past, I think you always think it'll come back, but you're ready to sort of deny it. I agree with you. Uh, he, he denied everything you told him. You asked him three simple questions. They were not threatened questions. Yeah. You asked him about people. Uh, so what did you make of that interaction we had with Thermotizana? You were so cool under pressure asking all those questions, and I was just tongue-tied standing next to you. Well, that's why I practiced what I was going to say before we went in. But I've been in far dicier situations. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a long shot that he would talk to us, let alone help us with our case. That said, we know very well he knew all the names we brought up, but his instinct was to deny everything. We did try calling Thermitus to follow up, but no response. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Okay, well, we tried. Our ability to move the investigation forward as journalists had come to an end. But the story of the pro-democracy movement did not end with these killings. We looked now into the murder of another journalist, this time on the streets of Port-au-Prince, and his death would mark the end of an era. <laughs> Seeing bodies of people you don't know in the street, it's scary, yes. But that is so very different from seeing your own husband on the ground. That's next time. Silenced is a Kaleidoscope content original. Produced by Margaret Katcher, Jen Kinney and Padmini Ragunov. Research assistance from Sibylla Phipps, Jeremy Bigwood, and Kira Sinis. Edited by Lacey Roberts. Executive produced by Kate Osborne. Reported and hosted by Anna Arana and me, Osvaloshin. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Music by Oliver Rodigan, a.k.a. Cadenza. Mix and sound design by Kyle Murdoch. Deposition actor was Sunny Mack. Thanks to Mangesh Hatikada, Costas Linus, and Vahini Shuri. 
Our executive producers at iHeart are Katrina Norvell and Nikki Etor. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, share, and subscribe to our channel. Thank you. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels. And do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.